0: You want to make your fantasy sports league more than a fantasy? Then you need Trophy Smack. It's the number one store for fantasy and tournament trophies, belts, draft boards, loser awards, and other ridiculous products. Trophy Smack is more than just a trophy company with outstanding customer service and products. It's the very essence and heart of every fantasy league. And if you click now, TrophySmack.com gives you free shipping, a free loser poster, and can have the hardware to you in a few days, bragging rights included. Go to trophysmack.com right now and take your fantasy league to the next level.
1: What's up and welcome to the Dynasty Happy Hour with your hosts, Doug Eddy, Tim Keller, and Tyler Gunther. Bring us all inside the huddle. Whether it's in-season or off-season, this is your spot for the best and in-depth Dynasty fantasy football advice. So let's not waste any more time and get right to it with Doug, Tim, and Tyler with another Dynasty Happy Hour.
2: Welcome back to the Dynasty Happy Hour. It is part two of our wide receiver coverage in this 2021 class but before we get started, we've got some news. We're going to cover the rest of the wide receiver field. I just want to let you know that this week we're brought to you once again by Trophy Smack, the best company in the business when it comes to trophies, belts, grills—you name it. No matter what fantasy sport you play, they've got an option for you. And right now, if you order a trophy or any any of those belts or anything like that on the website and use code DHHRing, you're going to get a free sixty dollars value championship ring. Keep it for yourself. Give it to the highest point scorer. I don't care. Just use the code. It is absolutely free. So, again, if you're looking for the best selection of fantasy trophies in the industry, check out trophysmack.com. Use code DHHRING. You might have seen them on Shark Tank recently. They're backed by Mark Cuban. Kind of a big deal. Trophysmack.com. So, I'm do want I do want to say.
1: Oh, I, I, yeah, go I ahead. do want to say something.
2: Right, starting I early. Just fu- yep, I, go just,
1: ahead. I just found out today that they're going to the expo. Oh, very yeah. nice! What is so, this expo you speak of, Tyler? I, I've never the, heard of- it's the Midwest Expo. We were supposed to go last year, and uh, you know, COVID hit. But actually, the the winds are swaying towards. We are we are probably going to be there. Trophy Smack will be there. Uh, Matt from Trophy Smack, the main CEO. I tried to talk him. I'm like, hey man, get cubes to go. That would be a huge promotion for you guys. Maybe you guys can make the big time. And I was joking around with him back and forth, saying, like, hey, not if you guys got your friend Cubes, he could probably really push you guys. But no, they are planning on going. And Doug, you talk about a belt. I'm gonna get that thing shipped to you this week. For for reals. (laughs) For reals. Doug won the title in one of my home leagues. We got the belt. It is a beautiful belt. And I just think I'm having a hard time saying goodbye. Either that or it hasn't come back from the dry cleaner. But (laughs) to say goodbye. You make everybody cry. No, um, it's good. It's gonna be a fun time. Uh, we will probably be there. We got to get uh, Timmy, who's gone tonight. We're, we're yep. trying to get him. It's either between the anniversary or going, and I'm pretty sure he's leaning on going.
2: Yeah, Tim had <laughs> was having some problems with his windowless van tonight, so he had to fix that, so he couldn't join us. Um, last week we had Riley Bymaster on for wide receiver. Part one. This week we've got Matt McCoy on. So Matt, welcome to Dynasty Happy Hour. Thanks for joining us to talk about some wide receivers tonight. How are you? Man,
0: I'm ready to rock and roll. Thank you guys so much for asking me to come on. Uh, You know, I consider myself the uh, break glass in case of emergency kind of guy and you got in a bind and and Timmy couldn't make it. So here I am, man. But hey, we're talking receivers tonight. I'm excited to be here. So Thank you all for having me
1: i it's yeah, funny absolutely. because for joining us i typed in on twitter and i said real mccoy for all those who don't remember real mccoy they were what early 90s mid 90s like pop r&b uh, it was a weird mix yeah, like i barely re-
2: i barely remember them oh
1: come on real wasn't McCoy? real
2: mccoy like strike it up strike it up
1: yeah yeah no. yeah was it wow yeah, that is just there's a lot pop of culture guy
2: right here i'm not, I'm not look at my hands i'm not tinkering on the internet it's <laughs> that true was off the
1: top of my head and they were a lot of uh like this is the night dancing free until the morning night <laughs> <laughs> like they were on night of the roxbury a ton yeah nice. real mccoy Will here Fer- he is Wolf ferrell's first feature
2: film first feature film Anywho, so last week um, we talked about receivers. There is some news in the NFL. We've had some uh, extensions and some signings go down. So I want to talk about the big ones. So the first one that came down, Dak Prescott is a Dallas Cowboy for the next four years. Signs a huge four-year, $160 million deal. He's going to be making a metric butt-ton of money in year one for the Dallas Cowboys. Actually saved them some salary cap space so this is what we all thought was going to happen. But, you know, Jerry was kind of tinkering. We thought, like, maybe they'll move on from Dak. They didn't. They Dak got paid. He's coming off the injury. Now you can you can say, like, you know what? I feel pretty good about Zeke, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup, if he stays, Amari Cooper. Maybe they draft Kyle Pitts at 10 just to go absolutely bonkers on the offense. Who knows? Um, you know, a lot of their other players um, restructured on the offensive line, so it looks like they'll be back. You know, Tyron Smith and guys like that and uh, Collins. So Tyler, uh, this Dak news—we traded for Dak uh, in the season, and uh, feeling pretty good about that now. Now we've got the Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow one-two punch in a Superflex league, so we've got those guys coming off injuries. But I feel that we bought Dak pretty low. So Dak, what do you think this Dak? Tyler, what do you think this <laughs> move? I just called you Dak Prescott. I don't. Know I, what mean, I'm doing. I mean, I mean, um, I felt
1: like you called me Dad, Dad Dak. I mean, whatever you want. to I think call it's because you
2: both have receding hairlines, and I got confused.
1: Ouch. Okay, that (laughs) that's a low blow, but hey, you know if I get called Dak Prescott, well, you didn't call me Prescott; you just call me Dak. I could be some random guy, Dakota. Yeah, I love I love the deal for Dak. He he finally gets what he deserved. Very underrated player. He is a top five, top six quarterback in in dynasty easily. In that offense with uh with what's his name as offensive coordinator? Oh, what's his name? Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. There you go. Uh, yeah, with him as offensive coordinator, Dak has just succeeded a ton. And wheels up for CD Lamb. I'm not a big Amari Cooper guy, but heck, let, let's let yeah, give him I'm a bow. He's got boom
2: weeks. It's cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a great wide receiver, too, for your team. If he's your wide receiver one, I mean, hopefully he got a dominant wide receiver, too. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's good for all parties. And even the tight end, like uh, Dalton Schultz or uh, what— Blake Jarwin. I think he's Blake a sneaky Jarwin. buy. He got paid, remember? Yeah. And, and I mean, if they do go Pits, which I think they're going to go offensive line because if you want to succeed with this offense, you've got to help Dak out. And what's your most important piece of this offense? It's Zeke. I mean, I still think they run through Zeke. Zeke's still got, you know, he's still owed a lot of money. And, man, after this deal, that Zeke trade we made, in the UDPL makes me feel so much better because Mm -hmm. I I'm really liking Zeke this year. And I, you guys, I have been kind of away from Zeke for a while. I haven't been the biggest Zeke guy because of his attitude off the field and everything. But you know what? I saw some workout videos. The guy looks like he's pretty in like mid season form. He looks pretty cut. It looks like he's taking this serious. So I'm in, like if I'm in a redraft league, I'm in if I'm in dynasty league, I'm buying right now because there's some people that probably think the wheels fall off. But heck, you know, Zeke's going in the I'm third in.
2: round in Superflex startups. Yeah, that's silly to me. Like that's that's a really good value. Probably Matt, what do you think five about RB? Yeah, Matt, what do you think about uh, Dak Prescott back to the boys?
0: I mean, it's great news for everybody involved, right? I mean, it, it was they were wheels up to start last year. On fire. Offense, it may have been the best in the league last year and. For me, you mentioned him right at the top, it's CD Lamb. That that's the guy who I'm most excited about because at some juncture the Cowboys got to make a decision whether they go with Amari Cooper long term, Michael Gallup. I'm guessing Gallup is the one that leaves town, but really it's going to be CD Lamb's show before uh, sooner rather than later. So, you know, for me, you're talking top 3, top 4, top of dynasty wide receiver for me. Is CD Lamb and a guy that I, you know, I coveted and invested in a, a ton in last year, expecting that to eventually come back, and that's the good news. You mentioned Zeke, you know, I, I'm of two different minds about Zeke. I do feel like there is some wear and tear on those tires, but you mentioned it there, Doug, that he is going in the third round of startup superflex leagues right now. To me, it's one of the best values out there. I mean, the guy Absolutely. is still. He, he still performed very well last year when Dak Prescott was under center. To project anything that happened after that is just foolish because the, the offense was entirely different. The team was entirely different. I don't see that defense improving that much. So I feel like Dallas is going to be right back in a lot of shootouts this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, Dak was averaging, like, 400 yards passing for, like, multiple weeks in a row, and it was crazy. Um, yeah, I like Zeke uh, at his value, and uh, Joe Mixon is another value in startups right now that I really like, um, but that's another story for another day. Uh, the other news that we just got today that came down is Aaron Jones has re-signed with the Green Bay Packers, a four-year deal for $48 million. so he got that Joe Mixon money. Um, you know, that was what Mixon got last year from the Bengals, you know, same running back class. Uh, a lot of people thought Aaron Jones was going to go elsewhere to Miami, possibly. You know, San Francisco was a, a hot landing spot that people had him rumored to go, but he's staying with Green Bay. He says that he took a little bit less to stay. Don't know if I believe that necessarily. Looks like there's like his base salary is going to be nine million plus some incentives. I, I've been an Aaron Jones guy since the rip, so Aaron Jones in Green Bay to be paired with Aaron Rodgers in a system that he knows best that I think is really good for him. It doesn't look like Jamal Williams is going to be back. He's also a free agent. So it looks like it's going to be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They'll probably bring in another – they'll draft another running back at some point with not a lot of draft capital or maybe bring in a veteran. Um, But, man, I think Aaron Jones, I think this is good for him because we saw him split a lot of work when Jamal Williams was on the team. Now, A.J. Dillon, not known as a pass-catching back. Doesn't mean he can't do it, but I haven't seen it. Um, So I think this means – wheels up for Aaron Jones when we talk about workload-wise. He's getting paid like a stud back. I think they're going to use him like one and get him at least 20 touches a game. So, Matt, were you excited when you heard Aaron Jones was going back to the Packers, or, or did you want him to go somewhere else?
0: Well, I'll give you guys a little peek behind the curtain over here. Um, I, I have a good friend of mine around the team, actually, around Green Bay. and nice. He told me to say, hey, you know, Aaron Jones is not going anywhere. He's going to be a Green Bay Packer beyond twenty twenty, and and I, and I kind of went with that news. And I at least thought, at a minimum, they were going to franchise tag him. I know that the tag is expensive, By for in the short t- in the short term, bringing Aaron Rodgers back for another run, the least they're going to do is bring Aaron uh, Jones back on a franchise,
2: which would have they, been cheaper technically.
0: <laughs> yeah, and when they didn't, like you better believe I, I called my my buddy. I said, hey man, you he kind of led me to believe what was going on. And he told me, he said, look, I know they didn't get the franchise done, but they really are working on this behind the scenes. And a lot of times that stuff, it circulates, and it's much to do about nothing. It's just a team trying to save face, saying, oh, yeah, we're negotiating in good faith. When in actuality, yeah, they're kind of paying lip service more than anything else. But this was legitimate. The Packers were working behind the scenes to get a deal done with Aaron Jones. They never wanted him to leave the building because he does bring an element of that offense. Like you said, as a pass catcher out of backfield, very dynamic. Um, A.J. Dillon, Wherever you think he can be, he's not Aaron Jones. Sometimes you overcomplicate these things. Aaron Jones is really good at football. And that's what I told somebody today. He's just really uh-huh. good, and you want him on this offense. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, uh, Robert Tunyon coming into his own last year. They still lack a, a prolific wide receiver, too. But Aaron Jones, he acts as that wide receiver, too, at some time. So, for me... You mentioned 20 touches, even 15, 17. I'd be happy with it in this offense. Again, very high octane with Aaron Rodgers playing the way he did last year. Yeah, I, Aaron Jones. If you kept on to him and you didn't sell him cheap, you are, uh, you're you're reaping the benefit today.
2: Yeah, I mean the last couple of years, Aaron Jones has um, had just under 50 receptions. I expect that to go up um this year and for him to cry i mean i could see aaron jones with 70 75 receptions easily um just based on his skill set and that offense um so i think that's a ceiling we've already seen that like he can be a prolific touchdown scorer um so yeah i mean the biggest thing with jones is like he's not the heftiest guy but he reminds me a lot of jamal charles in his career um you know that fast he can he can get through six inches of a window real quick uh, doesn't take big hits um so yeah, I love Aaron Jones. I own him in a ton of dynasty leagues. So Tyler, any uh, any other reaction to the Aaron Jones signing?
1: No, I kind of feel the same. And it's good for running backs to get paid finally. We had that period mm-hmm. of time, it was almost like 5 years where they never got paid. It was 4 years. Uh probably not. You probably don't want that second year guy. But now like I I haven't been big on Aaron Jones. You know that. I've been, I've kind of faded. Mm-hmm. I'm in like he got his contract, and I don't think the wear and tear is on Aaron Jones like it is on other players. He is going no. to be a little older, but I, I think the touches, I think he's like right at his prime. Like He's in his prime in a physical state. He'll be 27, I think. So as an actual player, he's in his physical prime, and I think that helps. I mean, he's got another three years of a very good fantasy production. So, I mean, we're playing in this two- to three-year window. Go get Aaron Jones if you can so obtain him. And for everybody who bought AJ Dillon, I tried selling him in a league Doug. you know that. And yep. I failed miserably. I got a little greedy. <laughs> and I regret not dealing him. So I it's it's tough. And if you have like I, I get the aura around AJ Dillon, but I mean when you had Zach when we had Zach Reed on talking about Derrick Henry having a phenomenal season and still finishing at six in ppr leagues or five or six yeah i mean aj dylan's ceiling is that his floor is bad yeah, yeah. the toy just it randomly eventually. went off by the way in the background that was creepy <laughs> nice
0: <laughs> if nice. i could add what to tyler's point i mean i think you hit the nail on the head tyler that especially in leagues, we are going at a two to three year window i think it's very important uh to message that and and The fact that this contract goes four years, you're playing right to that strength. So, again, I don't think he gets out of Green Bay anytime soon. And that 2 to 3 year window, it just solidifies a player that should be, in my opinion, a top-ten running back.
2: Yeah. And we also had another running back sign with a new team. Um, That was Mark Ingram. So if he's on your dynasty roster, you're probably like, this guy's not worth anything at this point. But just two years ago, he was an RB1. Last year, it didn't work out that way. But he just signed with the Houston Texans on a one-year, $3 million deal. David Johnson just restructured to free up some cap. David Johnson, not exactly the picture of health. So if I've got Mark Ingram on one of my dynasty rosters, I'm feeling pretty good about it as a guy that can potentially fill in as a flex or maybe an RB2 during bye weeks. I still think Ingram's got some juice. I don't think he's toast. Um, So I kind of like this move backing up David Johnson again because He's had a history of injuries. And Ingram can um, catch passes out of the backfield. Duke Johnson was cut. He's no longer there. So it's pretty much David Johnson, it's Mark Ingram, and then Buddy Howell and guys like that. They cut Cullen Gillaspia this week. So, whew, big moves. Um, but I, I kind of like low-key like that Mark Ingram signing. And if you can maybe get him as a throw-in and a trade for a win-now team, I'm okay with that. Um, Tyler, any thoughts on Ingram?
1: No, I, I remember about two to three years ago, I said, I'm like, I have a gut feeling Mark Ingram's going to be the Frank Gore after Frank. Well, Frank Gore will probably still be in the league before, Mark, uh, after Mark Ingram. I'm telling retired. you, he's, he's shooting to
2: play with his son. That's but, what he's shooting for.
1: <laughs> but I'm going to be honest with you. Like, Mark Ingram has that feel that he's going to be in the league till he's 35. Just Fred Jackson, Frank Gore style, backing mm-hmm. people up and being fantasy relevant. AP. Yeah, AP. Well, AP was a monster before. Like, Ingram yeah, yeah, yeah. Ingram was good. Good. But not like... Yeah, but I just think he's gonna kind of stick around the league and and kind of hurt the value of the other running back that that kind of way. Like Fred Jacks, Fred Jackson was always like the fantasy reaper. I think what the footballers kind of coined him as in like Fred Jackson's in your backfield, he's going to take over that backfield a couple games each year uh-huh. and and kind of destroy the value of the other guy. So that's that's how I kind of feel Ingram is. So if you have David Johnson, yeah, I would be a little scared because. To be honest with you, they're the same age. I think Ingram mm-hmm. may be a year older, but I think Ingram's Yeah, I think Johnson's are...
2: 28 going on 29, and Ingram's 30 or 31.
1: So. Yeah, I think Ingram's legs are probably healthier.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Texans just traded for Marcus Cannon of the Patriots, so they're shoring up their offensive line. Uh, we still don't know what's going on with the quarterback position, if it's going to be Deshaun Watson. There was an interview this week with their new head coach saying that like Deshaun's the guy, but I don't know. That's just a whole other situation to monitor. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks is still going to be there. He restructured to stay. So a lot of question marks on the Houston Texans offense, obviously. Uh, one other signing that we had this week, which didn't surprise me whatsoever being close to New England, uh, was Cam Newton re-signing with the Patriots on a one-year $14 million deal. Really $6.5 million with a bunch of fairly unreachable incentives like Super Bowl MVP, first ballot All-Pro, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, So I I still don't know what the Patriots are going to do with the quarterback position. But I think, again, if you have a win-now team and Cam Newton is available for cheap, there's likelihood they could draft a quarterback at 15 or they move up. Maybe it's a Trey Lance and he's backs up Newton for a year. Nope, he's going to Atlanta. Sure, I'm (laughs) just saying. Um, But, I mean, Cam was a QB1 in half of his games He had no offseason to prepare. They had no offensive weapons. I mean, I know he didn't look great, but he had 12 rushing touchdowns, I believe. Um, I know he only had eight passing touchdowns. But um, I still think that Cam is still fantasy relevant. So if you can get him dirt cheap and you're in a win-now team and he's your QB three, totally wise move in Dynasty to do that. I don't think he's going to cost you a lot. Tyler, what would you give up for Cam Newton in Superflex? Would you give up a mid-to-late second?
1: Uh, No. I I honestly think I'm just avoiding... Uh, somebody else can deal with it. I'd rather I'd rather go for a guy like Jameis who, I mean, after we heard the other news from today, the Taysom Hill quote-unquote extension. The mega extension. Mega <laughs> extension, quote-unquote. Stupid. <laughs> and uh, I'd rather go for a guy like Jameis because there could be some teams that look at that and be like, oh, well, Jameis isn't the starter. You know what? I'll take a, I'll take a chance on a guy that has – more arm talent at this moment and is a little younger cam i just i i didn't see it last year he 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 feels done and he and i i love the guy i love the player i love his kind of mentality towards the game and he's he's an extremely hard worker but man i'm sorry what i saw last year isn't it
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right matt any thoughts on cam newton before we move on to these wide receivers
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think he's washed. I, I just think he's just done. Um, uh, listen, they're not getting him any favors. There's no weapons in New England. Not yet. I think this contract, what it does is provides the team flexibility. If they have to run a back with cam, they can. Um, if you look at the the tea leaves, what the team's doing, they're they're going to every single quarterback pro day. So they're clearly interested in this class of quarterback, whether they have the ammunition or can pull a, a trade to get up for these guys has uh, yet to be seen, and Mac Jones seems like a kind of guy New little be into. But stay tuned on that end. But um, you mentioned Jameis. I will say this briefly on Jameis: is that for me, and I mentioned this the other day. I think he's the most screaming buy in all of Superflex right now. I'm doing a, a, a right now a, a Dynasty Superflex league. He went after Sam Donald. He went after Drew Locke. and I'm like, I, I don't get it. I think Jameis Winston has a significantly higher ceiling than those guys. So um whether it's with new orleans chicago washington somebody's gonna utilize this guy and he's gonna get paid this year so i think james winston is a screaming buy
2: i like that i got him super late in a startup last year that tyler and i did um so yeah i'm hoping that he's a starter somewhere um that would help my team greatly all right so let's get into the wide receiver position part de last week we covered jamar chase we covered devonta smith jalen waddle rashad bateman we covered Rondale Moore, Terrace Marshall, and Kadarius Tony. Didn't think I'm forgetting anyone. We did seven wide receivers. This week, um, you know, a little bit more of a quick hitter. I want to talk about some names I'm going to throw out there, and then at the end, if you guys have anybody that you want to talk about, obviously feel free to take the stage here. Uh, the first name I want to bring up, you know, DLF has him ranked as their wide receiver seven right now. It's Elijah Moore out of Mississippi Little smaller guy. There's a lot of smaller guys in this draft. He's five nine, only 20 years old, but has a really good coll- uh, collegiate production record behind him. I think he's um, a guy that could be a second-round pick here in the NFL draft. So I'm going to start with our guest. So Mr. McCoy, talk to me about Elijah Moore. Likes, dislikes, what do you see when you look at Elijah Moore? Just a
0: terrific football player. Now, again, you hit the nail on the head – he is a bit undersized. That's one thing you have to take into consideration. I believe I have him about uh, 5'9", $1.85. Mm-hmm. Um, he can put on a little bit of weight. Again, the NFL to me now, and we can talk about this all night long if you want to, the The weight of receivers does not play as much of a factor for me as it once upon did in the league. It, it, these guys can't jam you at the line of scrimmage like they used to. The pass interference rules kind of prohibit that, so... These guys who are smaller, I think they have a better chance of, uh, of developing at the NFL level. But yeah, it's an unbelievable athlete. Very slick in his route running. Uh, very quick in in and out of breaks. For me, he's destined to be in the slot to kick it off. But we've seen guys have great success in the slot. And a very highly productive receiver. That's an thing I like to see at Ole Miss. Very dynamic player. Um, I know a good friend of mine really, really loves him, and I think he has a sneaky chance to get into the first round.
2: I like that news. That would be great, Tyler. What do you think about Elijah? Him and Rondell Moore are very similar in stature, right?
1: Yeah, I think I think Rondell Moore has the the lower They're body. They're not brothers, strength. are they? I'm just kidding. No, no. I mean, I'm just kidding. Uh, our, our buddy Al might think so, but no. As as, a, <laughs> as a, <laughs> that's a uh, that's an inside joke, but. Love you, buddy. Uh, no, uh, Love you as a prospect, I mean, he was a four-star recruit uh, from 24-7. Small in stature, yes, kind of like Rondell Moore, but Rondell Moore had the lower body strength. I think Rondell Moore has a little stronger upper body, and what I mean by that is his his like balance is insane. His, his quick in a phone booth type agility is insane. He's going to be a great slot receiver, and that's it. I mean that this is my issue with the class is if you are looking at a team that needs a slot receiver he's going to be great for your team but other than that I mean I, he's I don't think he's ever going to play on the outside and if he does good on him because I didn't see it but yeah I mean he's got the he's got the the stars the the recruiting stars that you like to see from a guy like this that is, has showed out in the senior bowl and I like him I think he's he's kind of risen to the point where I'm I'm skeptical, but he's safe. And if and if that's what you're looking for in the mid second round, some safety, I I really like it. And he's he's probably like a 90 catch guy, but he'll like a Jarvis Landry style, like 90 mm-hmm. 90 catches, 950 to thousand 1, oh, 1100 yards and five to six touchdowns, which is great in PPR league. Yeah. So I mean, he's gonna be a safe guy. If you if you want, I mean, if in the second round, why not? <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Like second round, if you can hit on a guy like that, that's perfect. That's what you're looking for in the second round.
2: Yeah, I think we're going to see this year much like last year. The middle of the second round when we had like Pittman, Edwards, Chenault, Higgins, Mims, all kind of crunched into that middle of the second round. I think we're going to see something very similar this year with this wide receiver class. And one of those guys that I want to talk about next is Amon Saint uh St. Brown. Amon Ra St. Brown, rather. Um, part of the St. Brown family. We That's all know Equinemius, which was Tyler's dude. Oh. Um, you know, I think when, when we talk about <laughs> safe, you know, I think um, St. Brown is regarded as one of the best route runners in this class. And I think that when we see what his NFL draft capital is going to be, I think he's going to be a second rounder in the NFL draft. I think again, this year, we're going to see a lot of receivers taken in that second round. And I think, um, St. Brown is going to be one of them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. If he landed in a spot like a green Bay, Um, maybe with his brother, that'd be kind of fun, Um, but obviously play more and better uh, would be great. Uh, I think that there's if he lands in a spot where there's opportunity and he's attached to a good quarterback, I think that um, he could be a really nice value in the middle of your second round and your rookie drafts. Uh, So I'll go to Tyler before we go to Matt on this one. So you know all about the St. Brown family. You were an equanimous guy. Talk to me about Amon Ra.
1: So I did a huge background check on equinemia st brown you got notre dame guy Rain one of my social favorite, oh god i, I absolutely <laughs> i absolutely loved equinemia st brown but there is a story about the family and you know the dad is mr universe and and mm-hmm. equinemia said you know i'm the older of the three brothers but the best one is Amon Ra, and he has been and every every other brother the other two say Amon Ra is the true talent He's a five-star guy, one of the highest recruits as a a receiver. He's 6'1", a buck 95. You like to see that in his style. I mean, if you liked Jerry Judy, I mean, Amon Ra is the incomplete version of Jerry Judy, and, and he's almost there. His route running is great. And, I mean, think of this as a true freshman. As a true freshman, he had 60 receptions, 750 yards, and three touchdowns. And yeah, at quarterback, breakout age is nice. It was a mess at quarterback in, in, in Cal. His sophomore year, he had 77 receptions for 1,042 yards and six touchdowns with back and forth at quarterback. I mean, how how great is that? That's what you want to see. And he's still not complete as a receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown is probably my favorite. Favorite get in the second round. If I can if I have a second round pick and he's there, he's my guy because I know I I failed with Ecodemius St. Brown. I still have shares of Ecodemus St. Brown. I still have a little faith. But man, uh-huh. Amin is the true St. Brown that is going to be the guy. Like, you want a guy that looks like Steven Johnson from the Bills, this is it. Like, this is the dude. And he is going to be a fantasy producer in and I in Green Bay this is who I would like Green Bay to take in the second round. Give me all of it. Yeah. He's a phenomenal route runner. And after Adams leaves, this guy is a, almost like a route running clone like him. He doesn't have the, the strength that Adams has yet, but he'll get there. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I
2: think we, if you had a technician to go with Aaron Rodgers, it would be a beautiful match made in heaven. So, Matt, what do you think about St. Brown?
0: Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a dog, man. That's, a, that's the first thing you notice when you watch the, the film. And I'll use that term to describe a couple of these guys because there's a couple that we're going to get to here that they play with a nastiness. There's an edge to his game that you like to see. If I watched the same interview that Tyler was referencing, what I thought was hilarious about the St. Brown family was they were all asking, you know, who's better at this? Who has the best hands? Who has the best speed? And they all kind of point to each other. But then when it came to this guy, when it came to Amon Ra, they're like, yeah, who's the best? He's like, yeah, it's me. Like, I'm the guy. Like yep. he mm-hmm. was very confident, and and way he was talking about himself, and he has that kind of edge. And I think that comes from having that early on. You mentioned the earlier breakout. There was a time at USC where it was one A, one B between Amon Ra and Michael Pittman, and, and their differences were not that that uh, striking. Pittman went, I want to say, the second pick in round two last year. Yep. I think Amon Ra to go right around the same area again sneaky first-round potential, potentially, but probably first five to ten picks in round number two. And uh, that's how you win your draft class, to have a guy like this match with another top-ten pick. I think Amon Ra... We mentioned Elijah Brown, or, or excuse me, Elijah Moore, where he operates so much out of the slot. And Amon Ra did as well, but the difference is Amon Ra, I believe, we all believe, can play in the slot. He can play outside. You can move them all across the formation. Has mm-hmm. adds so much flexibility to your offense. So yeah, for me... I'm like you guys. I'm a big Amon Ross, St. Brown guy, and I think uh, the drafts I've seen early on, you're getting him first through third pick in round number two in, in, in mock drafts. That's just great value for fantasy. Now, Al, yeah.
1: he is related to Equinemius. You can use that one. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true. No relation to John Brown, though.
2: There's a Saint in the difference, Al, so don't get it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move let's on move our, to our next prospect. We're going a little bit bigger here. Uh, DLF's number 10 wide receiver in this class is Seth Williams out of Auburn. I know a lot of people on Twitter really love this guy kind of has almost like that alpha type of profile. Um, so I want to go back to Matt on this one. So talk to me about Seth Williams. Try to give me some kind of comp. I haven't watched a lot of Seth Williams. Like who does he remind you of? And what do you like about him?
0: he has got a little Alshon Jeffrey in him. If if you watch him, uh, Jeffrey once upon a time from South Carolina, bigger body wide receiver. What's interesting about Seth Williams versus this class in particular, he's not the huge separator. You see a lot of guys in this class, uh, the route running is spectacular, leaving cornerbacks in the dust. Williams is a big guy. You mentioned earlier, I think he's 6'2", 225, and that mm-hmm. shows up in film right away. So he's not blowing a lot of guys off the line of scrimmage. He's just super physical, and he can match up with you now. There were moments where he got dominated. If you want to see an interesting tape, you watch South Carolina go against Auburn, and you watch J.C. Horn against Seth Williams, and J.C. Horn He'll kind of manhandled. Round, yeah. yeah, and he manhandled Seth Williams. Now, that's more a credit to J.C. Horn, who I absolutely love. Yeah, stud. And I think he's going to be a dog at the next level. But uh, Seth Williams, again, it depends what you're looking for, right? If you're looking for a speedster... Seth Williams isn't your guy. If you're looking for more of an, a traditional X-Rod receiver who can match up with bigger cornerbacks and somebody you can use in the red zone, Seth Williams is your guy. So that's I look to a guy like Alshon Jeffery. Never had the, the huge yardage numbers towards the end of his career. I think 8, 850 was normally status quo for Jeffery. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Seth might flirt with 1,000, but he's not going to be the big uh, receiving guy. I do think he could have 8 to 9 touchdowns, though. So that that should be appealing for guys out there in fantasy.
2: When you tell me, Seth, when you talk about Seth Williams, all I can hear myself saying is Nikhil Harry in the back of my head. Oh, no. Don't do (laughs) Uh, it. Don't do it. Well, no. I mean, we obviously, but as a prospect. But as a prospect, though, like, that was Nikhil's thing. Like, he's not going to separate big red zone threat, big body, physical. Now, we haven't seen it yet. He's going into year three. Who knows? Go buy Nikhil Harry for cheap, I guess. Um, Tyler, what do you think about Seth Williams?
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna echo the same thing. Big guy, probably a ceiling of Kenny Galladay, and a floor of Preston Williams.
2: That's a, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty. I mean, Galladay led the NFL in touchdown. Yeah, no, I know,
1: but that's so. his like ceiling, in my opinion. All right. All right his, his his floor is a healthy Preston Williams, a guy who's gonna get decent, <sighs> like Preston decent Williams. play. But in my opinion, he. I, I don't know if the NFL fits his style. I mean, NFL has gone to this route running and separating type of style because, I mean, if you lay a hand on a defensive back, you're getting offensive pass interference, and you're hurting your team. Mm-hmm. That's a new NFL. So a separation is huge in the NFL, and I think that's why, like you said, Nikhil Harry hasn't done well. And yeah. Seth Williams, I I fear for the draft landing spot, the the fifth or sixth round where he could go, and it could just make him disappear.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think draft capital with a player like him is going to be really important. Um, so let's move on. Let's go to Tylon Wallace out of Oklahoma State. Tyler, I'm going to give this one to you. Uh, talk to me about Mr. Wallace.
1: I'm a fan. And honestly, the funnest thing is, is when you watch this guy, his before, like right when he entered Oklahoma State, he came up with videos. And these crazy one-hand catch videos, it's almost like trick shots. except he Dude made perfect. Him, he made them for... <laughs> He made him for catching. And you're like, oh, this is fun. And then you're like, and, and this is when you looked up. You're like, okay, who, who is this guy? And it was Tylen Wallace. Guy was insane. He's got great hands. I mean, the Big 12 is a tough way to measure a person during film because Big 12, I don't think they have much defense. They might have five people on the field, it feels like. But no, Tylen Wallace is a good player. He had some health issues. He's a he's a four-star recruit, like tinkering on five-star. The guy is a very talented player. He's five eleven, hundred eighty pounds. He'll probably weigh in a little, little bigger, but yeah, ultra producer when healthy. He plays multiple roles. His his breaks off the line are great. He'll probably run like a four-four, and he still has the ability to go up and get the ball, which is good to see. His his ceiling is one of those. Great route runners. Like, to me, he's kind of got that mentality like OBJ did in college. I'm not going to call him OBJ in the pros because that is sure. a very high tell. But OBJ in in the college had a little more rawness to him. And for me, Tylen Wallace has that kind of feel to him. He's a little raw, can really work on some things. But, man, if he can round out those edges – He's going to be very, very good. So, yeah, I'm. he's another guy in the second round. That mid-second, late-second, I've seen him even, that he could be a, the the player that you steal, and everybody's like, oh, crap, I should have seen this coming.
2: Yeah, and then he gets drafted by Pittsburgh, and his stock goes up. because That's just what's going to happen with any of these guys. They that get drafted true, yeah. by the Steelers to replace Juju. Uh, so, Matt, talk to me about Tylon Wallace. So
0: first and foremost, I have to, uh, I have to contractually say out loud that I like Wallace because my girl Linda Lyons. If I say anything against anybody from Oklahoma State, she's gonna come oh, yeah, looking that's for Oh so yeah, true. I, I can't I can't say a crossword against uh, Wallace, but um no, I, I do like the guy. I think what's interesting about him is he's a bit of a quandary type of player, and the reason why I say that is when you look at him. You mentioned his measurables, about six foot, about a buck ninety. I want to say he did run to 40 at XOC recently at a 439. Now, again, we know the times we're getting now are and a tweaker, little bit inflated, yeah. so that's probably more like a 444, 445 type of range. But he's not the speedster. That's what you would think he would be given that profile. It's not exactly how he was winning at Oklahoma State. You know, you you kind of want him to be that T.Y. Hilton, Will Fuller type of player. He's not. He's more of that physical type of player. Even at six foot 190, he uses more of a physicality. You see him catch at the catch point more often than blowing past somebody. So I, I think he's more uh, – I think he plays a little slower than you would imagine. If, if that makes any sense at 4'4", four, four, a four 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 speed. I don't know if he plays that fast. I think he plays with a, a nastiness, though. Um, so uh, – to, for me, it's more of a, a back end, round number two, early round three guy in the actual draft. But again, you're talking about fantasy, yeah, mid to late round two, and, and Superflex Leagues is fine for me.
2: Yeah. I want. So the next guy I want to talk about uh, seems to be getting a lot of buzz, especially on Twitter recently. Uh, I think a lot of people are watching North Carolina film with yes. um, with Michael Carter and um, <laughs> Javonta Williams, and they're seeing Diami Brown uh and what he's doing on the field and it seems like he is one of the more buzzier prospects in this draft class a guy that maybe a couple months ago you're like ah you know maybe late third round fourth round it seems like he might be in the conversation depending on his draft stock and landing spot he might find himself going to the second round in rookie drafts uh so i'm gonna go back to you matt and talk to me a little bit about uh diami brown out of north carolina So, yeah, this is my guy right here, De'Ami Brown. I was
0: waiting for you guys to get to him. I I love, love, love De'Ami Brown. I think he is what the NFL is looking for. I think exactly he's 6'1", 195. The guy was highly productive in North Carolina. Again, a very run-heavy approach on some level. Now, they got a really good quarterback coming out probably next year as well. But Javante Williams, Michael Carter, it wasn't like they were just doing an air-raid approach at North Mm -hmm. Carolina. Back-to-back seasons of a thousand yards for Deami Brown, and the kicker for me is his yard per catch was over twenty yards per reception. Absolutely, a, a very, very explosive player. And where I was talking about Wallace, where I feel like he timed well, but he may not play as fast. I don't know what Deami Brown is going to be timed as. I, I really don't care. I watched the film. Like, this guy is really, really fast. He plays it very explosive. This is the kind of guy that you can use as a deep threat, but it's not only what you can do with him. You can, Man, there's so many innovative ways you can use De'Ami Brown. You can line him up all across the field. My biggest, I guess, fear for him is I don't want people to say he's only a deep threat because they saw that in North Carolina so much. This guy you can move all across the formation and use in a variety of ways. Me, personally, there's no way he should get out around number two in the draft. If he's not in the top 50 picks, something went wrong.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I've seen him linked. A lot of people, Washington football team has been uh, a name that I've seen quite a bit linked to his name, which would be a great fit because targets, like it's McLaurin and him, that would be a pretty dynamic duo in my opinion. So, Tyler, what do you think about Brown, and uh, wh- what do you think would be a good landing spot for him based on his skill set?
1: I am on the opposite side. I, oh, no. oh, Yeah, no. let's go f- fight yeah I I mean if you like a guy that can run slants pretty well catching traffic pretty well he's he's it but I mean honestly I my biggest fear for him is the draft capital I think he's a fourth round guy in the NFL uh, and honestly the, it's because the receiver class is so full of talent and I think it's gonna push players to the to the later rounds mm, I mean I if know he, I mean Antoine Golden Gandy from last year, Gandy Golden, everybody was all hyped about him. Went in the fourth round, fell off the face of the earth. I mean, that played at Liberty. That's true. But I mean, talent's talent. Diami Brown. Yes, he's a four star guy. He's got the measurables. I do think he's like a four, four guy. I don't know if he's the four, three fast, but I do think he's a four, four guy. I don't know if the offense that he played in at North Carolina was it or if it's the fact that when I watched tape, all I saw was Michael Carter and Javante Williams destroying people. And I I don't know. I just don't see it. And I posted on Twitter today, I said, I feel like people are going to be highly disappointed when Diami Brown gets drafted way later than what people think. And it just makes his dynasty stock fall. I mean, it's pushed up into the early second right now. And I just... Yeah, the hype is real. The hype is getting a little out of control to the point where it's like, okay, okay. Like, I, give me St. Brown 100 times out of 100 over Diami Brown, especially at where they're going. All right, the next prospect I want to talk about I feel is on the opposite
2: end. So Dyna- Diami Brown is rising up boards. In, um Tyler, we're Florida State fans. We've seen this man play. He had a little bit of a checkered last year with Florida State and ended up leaving to clear him for the draft. It's Tamori and Terry. I feel that, like, he's going to be one of the more interesting players in the draft. Like, where he gets drafted, where the location is. I like the player. He's big. He's fast. Again, not a huge separator, but we saw him score 70, 80-yard touchdowns at Florida State. Like, I think this kid has the juice, and he's going to be one of the more um, polarizing prospects because of, I think it's going to be... He could easily go in the third round of the draft. He could easily go in the sixth round of the draft. Like, I don't know how NFL teams are going to value him, but he's big. He's six foot four. He's a large target. Um, you know, he's going to remind some people that watch Florida State film of Auden Tate a little bit. He's more athletic than that. Oh, yeah. um, he's more ex- He's more explosive. I mean, but Auden Tate makes the ridiculous catches, let's be honest. Um, Terry does have an issue with drops on, if you watch his tape as well. But obviously, Florida State, not great quarterback play <laughs> the last few years when he was there. Um, so, I. I think Tamori and Terry, like, if I've got fourth-round picks and rookie drafts, like, I like the player, so I'm going to go after him there. So, Tyler, I'm going to give you Tamori and Terry first. And what do you think about him as an NFL prospect?
1: It's all on him. Uh, it's all yeah. in his head mentally. He has the talent to do it, and it's all on him if he, if he wants to push that through. It, he's had some attitude issues. And, I mean, it's Florida State, and they had that filtering in and out throughout school. Yeah. So they've had a lot of instability over the yes, years. Yes, that, that way. is yeah. true. But ultra, ultra, ultra talented. I mean, the guy, the guy's oozing talent. And like, if we talked about needs to fine tune things, he is like a jagged board that has so many things you need to smooth out. But man, if you do, you've got a masterpiece. This guy could be a huge monster hit. And honestly, if he hits it is going to make sound waves like it's it's huge guys six five he's been clocked in at 23 miles an hour in college like that's moving for a guy his size Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I'm with you in the fourth round heck even as a free agent say he doesn't get drafted or he is drafted late rounds like equinemius was I'm still taking that flyer in the fifth round fourth or fifth round just because you got to remember at that at that point I'm going for the recruiting stars. If a guy's a five star talent that dropped for some reason, like an equinemius, I'm gonna take a chance on him. There's there's gotta be an opportunity for this it's guy. It's a lottery
2: ticket at that point, right? So yeah. it's like I mean, anyway which guy could
1: hit the best? And it's a guy like Terry that could definitely Exactly. Fit the goal. And like you said, the quarterback play was atrocious. Awful. I mean, so we all bad. talked about Cam Akers offensive line play. Think about that and a terrible quarterback because he doesn't get the ball handed off to him. He's got to get it thrown to him. So it yep. was not good. And he was
2: still, and he was, and he was productive. So, Matt, what do you think about Terry? I'm really interested to hear your take.
0: If you remove the red flags, the off-the-field concerns, the mental approach, the, the lack of uh, just being what they anticipated being a professional, we're looking at a first-round draft pick. This is how talented yeah. this guy is. Um, you know, they don't build them like Tamori the, the and Terry very often. So uh, given the red flags that are popping up, how big of a, ta- a a talent he is, the two names that pop up for me are Josh Gordon and Mortavius Bryant. And These two guys are incredible talents, both ways at the NFL level. So you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier how deep this class is. So, that's what these NFL front offices got away, right? So they, they're looking at their board in round number two, and they see Elijah Moore, maybe a Rondell Moore, De'Ami Brown, uh, uh, um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. These guys don't come with the red flags, and they're still very highly thought of as prospects. So these NFL teams in all likelihood are going to take these guys over Terry. It's going to push Terry farther down your draft board. They're not more talented than Tamari and Terry. I don't think anybody is suggesting that. Is it, mm-hmm. For my money, he's a top three talent in this league, might be uh, in this draft. Might be the number one talent in this draft of wide receivers, how talented the guy is. But it just, there's so many question marks, and you mentioned how important draft capital is to fantasy success. It'd be a stunner for me if this guy goes in the first two days. I think he's going to be around a, a day three guy at yeah. some point. So Somebody's going to take a, a shot on him. Can he put it together? We'll see. But, you know, unfortunately, we've seen very talented guys like this wash out in the league before. And given his track record, it wouldn't be a surprise if Terry happens again.
2: Yeah, I agree with you there. So there's one more guy that I want to talk about. And then it's kind of like your free-for-all, potpourri, bring-up names you want to hit on. Maybe guys that, you know, you like and maybe other people's don't or, or sleeper names. However you want to However you want to project it. The last guy I want to talk about, now Clemson just had their pro day this week, mm-hmm. um, and Amari Rogers got a lot of buzz. Now, I like Amari Rogers' game. He reminds me a little bit of, you know, again, a slot guy, right? That Jarvis Landry-esque type of player, but he, he he's thick. Like, he's a he's a sturdy dude. Like, I kind of like Amari Rodgers um, and how he could pr- um, prospect in the NFL. So he had his Clemson pro day. Twitter was buzzing with him, and uh, I forget the other receiver that was all. People were like, oh, it's DK Metcalf's brother. Um whose name I can't remember right now. Um, but uh, Tyler, talk to me about Amari Rodgers. And what do you see? Do you think he's, he's pretty much strictly a slot guy, right?
1: Yeah, and they're going to use him all around the field. They're going to use him in that kind of what we saw from LaVisca Chanel. Debo? Yeah, like a Debo. Debo's a perfect a comp. And honestly, I am a fan. And it's because I've done okay. plenty of mock drafts, and I'm getting him in the mid-third, late-fourth. I mean, draft, yeah. p- draft stock can definitely go up or down with his NFL draft position. So for me, he's going to be, I think he might have put himself in the early second, late first in the NFL draft. And with that, I think it's going to boost his stock to the point where I might stay away just because I'm not a fan of that style player. I want a true receiver. And I, like I said, I like the game. He showed a lot this year in college. I mean, he catches a lot of screens. And he can definitely take it to the house. I mean, doing twenty five, what was it, twenty five reps at two twenty five? That that's that's strong. I mean, you're strong, strong strong dude. Yeah. And I mean, he doesn't have Rondell Moore style lower body, but it's there. So yeah, he's built like a running back. He's built like Debo. And who knows? Maybe he could be the guy that is what we wanted Debo to be. So uh, that damn health. Yeah. I mean, he's he's (laughs) definitely younger coming into the NFL. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, uh, he, I'm a fan of him at cost. If he's going to be an early third round pick, I'm all in. If he's going to go in the mid-second, mid to early second, yeah. I'm probably staying away and taking a guy like a Tylen Wallace or uh, Amon Ra. And, um, I mean, yeah, I, I do think he gets drafted ahead of Diami Brown. <laughs> all right.
2: Matt, how do you feel about that?
0: I uh I said I got a six pack says otherwise on that one, but uh Ooh,
2: now now here I like the bet.
0: Here, here's my thing about Amari Rogers, and I I think Tyler did a, a fantastic job of framing it the way he did. If he's going in that round three range, I'm in. I'm in at that price tag. Mm-hmm. But every single guy you've mentioned so far in your previous two podcasts in the night, I'd rather have those players than Amari Rogers. I, I watch a lot of Clemson. Never really jumped off the page to me. Just never really did. Not not anybody was that, that that impressive to me uh, on film. I think he did okay. You mentioned Debo. I mean, I think he's like a junior Debo. I I don't even see him on Debo's level. Um, I think he can be a serviceable player next level, but again, not the kind of guy that I think you're going to specifically target in your offense. I like think he'd be a like a, a third option on offense, a role player, not really somebody you want to highly invest in fantasy. But again, at, at round three. Yeah, I'm in at that that point. All
2: right. So let's wrap this up with the potpourri cornucopia segment. And I'm going to give it to Matt because I don't want Tyler to steal any of your names. So I'm going to give it to the guests. So, Matt, give me a few names, guys, that we haven't talked about um, thus far that stick out to you or guys that you really, really like or maybe that you're standing for or you're going to be targeting late in your rookie drafts.
0: Man, we could be doing this all night long because I love this wide receiver class. Um, Same. (laughs) I think a couple guys to keep an eye out for. One is Nico Collins from Michigan. Um, not very productive at Michigan, but neither was Donovan no Peoples-Jones. No pass catchers were. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, last year, I, I don't know how you guys felt about Donovan Peoples-Jones. I was surprised he Loved fell him. as far as he did in Loved the draft. him. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought he was a round two, maybe round three guy. I think Same. he up going round five or something ridiculous. Yeah, he went in the fifth. Yeah, and, and I think he played Six. relatively well last year. Six. Yeah, sixth round. He I have he played pretty well for the Browns when called upon last year. I always thought he was a talented guy. and Again, I think he was like the number one wide receiver coming out in his draft class. Nico Collins is in a similar boat, man. He's a talented guy. He's 6'4", 215, can move better than people feel. But in Michigan, these guys are just not utilized the way you'd like to see them. So I feel like he, he is the epitome of the guy who's going to be a better pro than he is a collegiate. I think Nico Collins is a guy to keep an eye out for, probably around three in the actual NFL draft. Uh, one guy for me who I think is very polarizing because you're all talking fantasy, in particular in dynasty and age is always important. Dwayne Eskridge is a fascinating guy because he's just an older prospect. He's been getting some buzz. Oh, he, he think he's, he's really good. That's the thing about it. He's really good. He plays for a smaller school, productive, and during these workouts in the Senior Bowl, he was just destroying people. He put, he was putting people in the blender more than anybody else. A very elusive, has dynamism, he can be a returner, and pump returner, kick returner. But I want to say he's going to be 24 when he's a rookie. Like he's an older
2: prospect. Yeah. And like that, a John Brown was like that age when he was a rookie.
0: So a, a lot of people run away from that when they see that number. Again, I think the circle all the way back to what you guys said at the very top. We play this game in a three-year window. I what do, I don't know what the guy's going to do five, six, seven years from now. I'm not playing that way. But for for me, he's a really good player. He's going around round number three, who my favorite round three target so far. I don't care if 24 or not. The guy can play.
2: Nice. Anybody else, or you want to pass it on to Tyler? The only other name I'll float out there to you guys
0: because the NFL loves, loves, loves speed. And we know they mm-hmm. love speed. I don't think he'll be a day two guy. But in day number three, Anthony Schwartz out of Damn Auburn. It. <laughs> it, God, I hate you, Doug. I hate
1: you. That's the one person I have.
0: Right, go, go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. Let, let Tyler talk about him because the guy, all I say is he's extremely fast.
1: Yeah, he's got he's got track speed. And that's, yeah. that's a huge thing for him. He produced with Bo Nix, who's absolutely trash at quarterback. I mean this guy is not good at quarterback, and and Seth Williams. Bo Callahan was
2: better. But,
1: <laughs> Jesus,
0: Vontae Mack. No matter what.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I I felt like Bo Bo Callahan had off the field issues, but that's just me.
2: No, hey, no one went to his birthday party, man. That's what did I tell you about him?
1: Uh, but no, he took he took the hundred dollar bill. Anthony what Sw- a dick. Anthony Schwartz is is a. <laughs> Fun. And then player. he lied about it. He's a fun player to watch, yeah. and he produced in Auburn. Like, like he said, track speed. This guy has records for track, so that's what you want to see. He he's fine catching the ball. He he can he can fix his routes, but man, this guy is fast. And if you want a cheap speed player, and like we're talking about fourth round picks, this is a guy that could be an NFL third round pick that ends up being your fourth, even free agent. Fine, I mean. Do I think Diami Brown could get picked before him? Yes, I do. So there you go. I will say that, Matt. Diami Brown will get picked before Anthony Schwartz. But I... I,
0: Hold on. So when Diami Brown gets drafted by your Falcons in round number two, what are you going to do there, Tyler? (laughs)
1: Oh, (laughs) man.
0: No. Don't you put that... I mean... Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby.
1: Like I said, I'm no scout. I'm no expert at this. I, I do think he's explosive. He makes good plays. But... I don't know if it was just the offense that he was meant to play because yeah. they run so many slants and in my mind, Diami Brown, you need to get that man doing something else like with his explosiveness. But I just I don't know. From what I saw, my eyes were just on just on the running backs. I but
0: I I take you guys back a little ways. The the player he reminded me an awful lot of when I watched him was. Do you guys remember a guy named Lee Evans from the Bill Oh yeah, Ravens once upon a time? Yeah, I
1: mean, he, of course. he yeah. was hurt all the time. Didn't he go yep. to Wisconsin?
0: Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. When I watched De'Ami Brown, I see an awful lot of Lee Evans, was what I see out of him. And Lee Evans when healthy, was a very productive NFL player. Health was always his bugaboo. But yep. uh, mm-hmm. to circle back to Anthony Schwartz, what Tyler was saying, when we say he's fast, I mean, he is, like, contending for the combine 40 record fast. Like The guy is, like— Four two nine, four three flat, fast. Um you know, we saw John Ross once upon a time get drafted ninth overall, I believe. Uh-huh. Like, there's no reason he can't be John Ross. And but you can draft him in round four or five and not so, nine overall.
1: I one more thing about Schwartz. He reminds me a lot of Will Fuller when Will Fuller was in college. Fuller actually expanded his game because I saw a little more than a speed guy in college because of my bias. But, no, uh, with Anthony Schwartz, to me, I see that. I see something that could grow into more of a speed player. Guys, I see your Schwartz he's, is his biggest <laughs> Yes, baseball. Yeah, that's the line of the podcast. Yes. That's the line. Uh, but, no, I mean, <laughs> this guy's only 20 years old. He can grow mm-hmm. into a, a better receiver. So, I, that's what I also like. <laughs> if you have youth and you've shown me something and you have this... Mm-hmm this X trait that isn't teachable. I mean, I really like that.
2: Yeah. Tyler, any other, uh, any other names you want to throw out there before you wrap up? I've got a couple. No,
1: uh, Eskridge was my other guy. He's like, okay. like again, a slot guy. He's a typical slot guy that, I mean, the age he's probably capped at what he is. So I could see the NFL drafted him in the third, fourth round and he's an okay producer, but I mean, in this class, everybody's going to have their guy. Uh, Diamond Brown is his. Mine is Amon Ra. He also likes Amon Ra. But, I mean, in the second round, this early to late second round pick is when you're going to have to decide on these guys. And you're going to miss or you're going to hit. And in my opinion, Amon Ra is the the big ticket hit for me.
2: Okay. Couple names I just want to throw out there. You can give me any kind of feedback you want. I'm just going to throw the name out there to keep an eye on um, because I like them maybe more than the consensus. Um, it's going to be guys like uh, Tariq Black out of Michigan. Again, same thing. Like not a real heavy passing offense. Uh, he's a little bit older. We've talked about that with some of the prospects. Uh, Jalen Darden out of North Texas. A lot of 19 lot of touchdowns. Hype. A lot of hype on him, you know, 5'9", he's a little bit smaller, oh, hey. um, you know, 174, hopefully he can bulk up a little bit, but I think he's a really interesting prospect that I would be willing to take a flyer on late um, in rookie drafts. And you've got some names that people have heard of for years, right? Like your Tutu Atwells, your Sage Surratt, um, you've got uh, Jamon Ausbon oh, from God. Texas A&M. He was a hot name. <laughs> yeah, he was a hot name. So, I mean, you've got a lot of familiar names over the years that, you know, like... Yeah, They just kind of like faded away a little bit, but those are guys that have had some buzz in the past. So it would be interesting to see um, where some of those guys land in the NFL draft and going forward. So before we wrap up, Matt, the stage is yours. Where can you be found? What are you working on? Uh, give me your spiel. Man, we are constantly grinding, man. You know how it is.
0: But uh, I, I really enjoy this. First and foremost, thank you guys for having me on. This is a blast.
2: Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh,
0: I think between us three, we talk about this kind of stuff all night long, man. I'm, I'm digging it. <laughs> so thank you for calling upon me. Um, you can find me doing uh, all the pod stuff for fantasyteamadvice.com. We normally rock five to six pods a week. We do uh, Tuesday night back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, Thursday night back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And really enjoyed uh, my co-host, Steffi Smalls, on Tuesday uh, excuse me, Thursday night, 7 p.m. She rocks the house. Shout out to Steff. Um, and I'm also working with the, uh, the Ball Blast crew now. They brought me on as their lead NFL draft analyst. So I'm excited to do kind of just what we're doing right now. Talking about the draft, doing the big boards, the rankings, uh, mock drafts, uh, scouting reports, player analysis. Uh, in fact... Tomorrow morning, uh, the vast majority of that will drop. All of our positional rankings, big board, will drop uh, for the Ball Blast team, and uh, awesome. excited to do it, man. So, but yeah, this is kind of stuff. Hey, it's this time of year, man. NFL draft around the corner. Thank you guys for having me again. I absolutely loved it.
2: Yeah, thanks for joining us, Tyler. Any final words before we get out of here?
1: No. Uh, next week we're gonna talk free agents. Hopefully, it's uh, it's all heat when it hits. I, I, from what I'm hearing, a lot of players want that one-year deal. A, so, a lot of one-year yep. deals. Yep. So <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting, interesting time. And Russ Wilson could get dealt. Watson. I don't. I have a feeling that they're going to really just hang on, like white knuckle the crap out of this guy, and just be like, "Nope, you ain't going anywhere.
2: <laughs> it's going to be a weird off season, that's for sure. And I think a lot of it's going to start with the free agent class um, this coming week, and then obviously we got the draft not too far after that. So. I'm excited for it, excited to talk free agents next week. Make sure, again, you use code DHHRING on trophysmack.com if you're looking for the trophy. For whatever fantasy season, they can fill all your needs. Code DHHRING, trophysmack.com. I'm your host, Doug Eddy. For Tyler Gunthiner, Tim will be back next week. And for our guest, Matt McCoy, we will see you next week on the Dynasty Happy Hour.